Hey everybody, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Marvel Gear and Goods Crate. It's a subscription box for Marvel fans with items you can't get anywhere else. Live the Marvel lifestyle for just $39.99 a month for a value of over $80. Uh, the next theme is Weapon X featuring Wolverine and all new Wolverine. And the crate delivers you a go bag and other gear that will set you up in heroic fashion for any adventure that comes your way. You have until 9 p.m. Pacific on March 15th to subscribe. Uh, head over to LootCrate.com slash MarvelGear and use the promo code MarvelPod to save $3 on your subscription today. Uh, and now, on to the show. Hey everybody, uh, on today's show we have Jessica Straup and Tom Pelfrey from Marvel's Iron Fist. Uh, they came by the office months ago to uh, promote the show. Uh, we had a really great chat with them, uh, so stay tuned. Uh, hey everybody, this is Blake with Marvel.com and we have another very special guest on the show today. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Jessica Straup. So I always am worried about what we can talk about because you know how secretive Marvel is. Uh-huh. Um, this will probably air for fans listening. Like this is, oh, they just announced the the, the date. It's um, news to me. S- April, some more springtime. I I don't. I'm looking at just. Ju- I don't know. I'll we'll find out later. But uh, this this will <laughs> air probably we the week before the series airs or the week after so we can talk a little hush hush stuff if you're comfortable with it oh my god i love not. hush hush stuff. um yeah. so let's first let's talk about how you got the role for it were you a comics fan growing up were you familiar with the character at all or or what um to be honest yes i had heard i'd heard about iron fist i knew luke cage probably the most of all the defenders um and i had been watching uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of female superheroes and females being in power. So um, I had been following that. But uh, as far as Iron Fist reading the comics, no, I hadn't. Um, I was uh, new to the graphic novel world and um, new to, to comics in general. So, so, so cool. being a fan, I mean, so you had watched the show before you even like the, you got the casting? Like, uh, so I had watched Daredevil and mm-hmm. I had watched uh, Jessica Jones and then. I was looking, it was, you know, it was pilot season, and I, I just kept saying to myself, I want to try something on a different type of network. I didn't want to do, um, you know, another C- CW or CBS or Fox, you know, nothing nothing wrong with those, but I just wanted to try a different platform like um, Netflix, and um, Netflix was my, my number one, actually. I just kind of kept putting it out into the universe, like, come on, Netflix, and um, this, this role came around, and... It, it, the way it happened was funny because I got it in like a like February, okay, and I got the I got the sides. It's super secretive. I had no idea who this character was, and and now even looking back on it, it's like I don't even know who that original. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I think they combined a lot of people and and put me and kind of put it in in the audition uh, sides. So I was at home and I uh, I put it on tape. This is the only thing I have ever booked uh, off of a tape, which I guess you know there were more auditions down the road, but. Um, I sent that tape in. I had a great hair day. I remember just kind of having <laughs> fun with it. And um, and then it was two months later that I got the call saying, um, we want to test you for this character. And and I'm like, what? what? <laughs> you know, like, where did this come from? And uh, I went in and, and tested with 
none other than Tom Pelfrey, who, oh, wow. who I had known eight years prior uh, through a mutual friend, which was amazing. And, and uh, we were going to be playing brother, sister. So we tested together. Uh, and testing, of course, is, is when you go in with, with some of the producers, some of the writers, um, some of the heads, and you, you basically perform some scenes on camera or whatever. And they, uh, you, you, you write out your contracts. You write out everything. You're basically signing your life away as you walk into this test to find out if, if you're going to get the part. It's, uh, it's wild and terrifying and um, exciting all at the same time. So I uh, did that. And, and then the next day was in New York. Within 24 hours was, was in New York. And you so, just start, you're into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right into fittings, right into meeting the rest of the gang. And Jeez. Um, um, also, I found I had to ask our Iron Fist editor that, I mean, your character hasn't been in the comics for a while. I think she was there probably in the 70s at last point. And mm-hmm. then, but you're, the, the brother has been in some recent comics. Did you read up on anything or you just went into it blind or kind of well I made the mistake of reading up on oh uh, really <laughs> yeah I went in and I was like I'm gonna know everything about this and I found her in some of the comic books I'm like oh she's blonde okay you know um but the problem in that was was that they I think reimagined this character uh with with Ward her in the comic books uh Ward is actually her uncle uh uh so they they sort of switched things around also the way in which uh Danny ran and his family have the big accident with the plane crash uh, is different. And so a lot of the stuff that I was even going into these first couple episodes with, um, you know, I'm going to Scott Buck, I'm going to like Jeff Loeb. I'm like, so when is this going to, you know, what's, what's, <laughs> is she going to do this? Is she good? Is she bad? Like I, there's so many things that I thought I had nailed down that actually ended up changing. So um, I've thrown it all out the door and I just, I just wake up every morning. It's a new day. I just well, find out what they want me to well, do. Love's <laughs> a big comics fan, obviously. What did he say when you were coming to him? He's got to get a kick out of it that you know the characters. So well, much. I mean, the, the, the thing is they, they, they like to even mess us up as actors. They don't want us to know where we're going and what we're going to be doing. And, they they also I think know that that we're they, they give us some of the comics in the beginning I mean we it was almost like a care package of like welcome to the Marvel world and here's some here's some of the comics that uh, that we've had from the past and and I think it, I think they find pleasure in in screwing us up <laughs> you know I think I think it's fun for them to mislead us so that when we do get the scripts and they're so different than what we thought they might be um, we're just having just as much fun as the fans and I mean you know like Jessica's kind of like a noiry type show Luke's kind of like sort of like fun black exploitation kind of situation like is there anything Iron Fist can be I think yeah I mean I, I think the coolest thing about Iron Fist is that it, it sort of it goes into this mystical world like there's more um, there's more spirit like spiritual sides uh, Danny Rand's character is very much involved in uh, like knowing his own chi and harnessing his chi and that's how he has the power of the iron fist you know it's not just I mean it's in the other shows there's a lot of fighting there's a lot of um, big action scenes but this one's so prime like just so like their their movements are are so specific uh, to kung fu and um, I know those guys and, and Jess who plays Colleen um, had to do incredible work in prep uh, getting ready to be able to play these characters. So, as far as this world, I mean, it's 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 a brighter, I think, show. As far as I mean, we were told we were going to be shooting more daytime. We are shooting a lot of night times mm-hmm. as well. But in general, I think it's a lot um, more like a younger, kind of a brighter show. We've got characters who are really wealthy. This is the first time I'm playing a really wealthy character, which was fun. Um, and then and then there's the the spiritual side, which 
kind of has the dichotomy of, 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 of this world, which is uh, the corporate world, which might actually be sort of um, the bad world, you know, versus this pure heart um, all about his inner morals and things of, of Danny and his spiritual world. So they kind of come into clash. Uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, you got people coming back from the dead, maybe. You got people who... Uh, who 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 might be dead? But are they? I mean, it's it's a, it's a whole it's a whole new world in in the defenders. And um, I mean, you were, you know, the following had, you know, that was a big deal that had a lot of fans. It was it was very short lived, unfortunately. Like it should have kept going. But like, comparatively speaking, like the Marvel thing is such a different like beast now. Have you have you seen any of that yet? Like with the crazy fandom of, <laughs> of Marvel. We have Comic Con coming up, so um, I've been to Comic Con before, but never with Marvel. So. Uh, I'm bracing myself. <laughs> it's it's going to be a, a journey, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty pumped, yeah. I mean, the, the one of the coolest moments of this whole process was uh, was when I got the job, Jeff Loeb called me and said, I'm going to say the best three words of your life. Welcome to Marvel. <laughs> and he said it in that type of, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> like on the phone, like, okay. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a pleasure, and it's um it's hopefully going to last for years. So we'll we'll see what this character does. Well, thanks for joining us uh, and being a part of the family now and everything. And hey, thanks for having me. Uh, anything else you want to mention about the show that you can tease or? Uh, uh I mean, uh, definitely watch. There's there's uh there's a lot of fun that's going to be had with Danny and the Meachams. Uh, I play Joy Meacham, so um a lot of a lot of twists and turns. Get ready. Cool. Thanks again. Right on. Hey, everybody. Blake with Marvel.com here, and we have a very special guest on the show today. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm Tom Pelfrey. So, Tom, you're in Marvel's Iron Fist. That's right. What's the What's the experience been like so far? Uh, it's been a great experience. Um, play Ward Meacham, um, you know, right from the get-go. Uh, I was in love with the scripts. I got to read the first two scripts before I tested for the role. Um, and maybe even more exciting than that, I was sitting in some, you know, back room on some lot in Los Angeles where these secret things take place. <laughs> and uh, the door opened and <laughs> in walks Jeff Loeb uh, as I'm sitting there to read the scripts. And, um, you know, he, he described to me the, the show and, and some of what they were going for and some of the things that might happen. And it was obviously very exciting. And, you know, Jeff knows how to tell a story. Um, so as an actor, it was uh, aside from how great the scripts were by Scott Buck, it was it was exciting to know that the sort of overseer of the project is such a great storyteller and somebody who's clearly excited by what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and we just had uh, Jess by the office today, who plays your sister. Yeah, and she said she kind of like just fell into her character like crazy and learned all the backstory. On your end, what did you end up doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because right off the bat, there's a lot of um, a lot of differences from the comic book, you know, especially the original iteration of Iron Man or Iron Fist. I almost said Iron Man, <laughs> um, but you know, in, in the comic books, uh, Ward is uh, Joy's uncle, you know, and that and that Harold is sort of not even in the picture for very long. Um, and so I didn't, I was interested in that and it was interesting to read some of those things. But, you know, f for my money, for the work we did on the show, I really based it more off of the scripts and, and, um, and certainly like right in the beginning, of course, because 
you know, it's a TV show, so you don't know where it's going. It's mm-hmm. not like a play or a movie script where I can see that we start at A and end at Z and everything that happens in between so that I understand how to build a character. But on a TV show, you don't have that luxury, or at least I didn't and never have in the past either, where you don't know where the story's going. Um, so it's it's a bit of a leap of faith, mm-hmm. you know, and because of that, it, I think it's important to try as much as you can to be on the same page with whoever's creating it. Um, and so I had a lot of questions about where we were, and I sent an email to Scott Buck, and like an hour later, I got a, a beautiful response, um, not just answering the questions I asked, but intuitively understanding sort of why I asked them and filling in a lot of the blanks um, and giving me a lot of emotional information and how he saw things helped me understand the dynamics. I say all that to say once I got that email, I really understood where we were starting and because I fully understood that, thanks to Scott, um, I was never surprised going forward. You know, so I I was discovering the character kind of as we were going in a way that was pleasantly not that surprising, even when it was kind of surprising. But I was never shocked. Mm-hmm. I was never, what what is he doing? Or why would he do this? Or where did this come from? You know, because we started on the right on the right foot. Um, so yeah, grateful for that. That worked out well. And I, I did some kind of research. I mean, I asked our Iron Fist editor of the comic kind of about your character in the comics, and he said he's a really dark, pretty awful guy. I mean, can you tell us a little about what your character is like? Is he pretty bad? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ward, Ward sometimes I feel like is best of intentions, worst of possible outcomes always. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely a lot of dark things that Ward does and says, but just like any other character you play, you have to ask yourself, why? Mm. Um, you know, and you know, one of the interesting things about Ward in in our in our TV show in the Iron Fist TV show is he is in a position that you know no no one could possibly relate to, right? So we have like heightened circumstances. His father died and came back from the dead. Like that alone is something that no one could ever possibly understand. Like what does that mean? What does that do to your concept of God or religion? Like how do you understand your own mortality if all of a sudden you know someone died and know they came back from the dead? And you also, he knows he did it through, you know, sort of nefarious means or whatever the deal is and now he's got to stay locked in his apartment. The second part of that is that now, you know, the mother's not around, right? Joe and Ward don't have their mom. They lost her when they were young. So to me, especially in losing dad, who was sick and dying for a long time, that the only other person in the world for Ward was Joy. Mm-hmm. You know, she was his sister, but also I feel like his his best friend, his mom probably in some ways, certainly his companion and strength in the loss of their dad together, and all of that intimacy that that would create to then have to spend the next, we find him at 30 years old, so to have to spend the next 12 years lying to that person. Ward lies to Joy about the fact that their father's, you know, Ward knows he's alive, but he can't share that information for her own good. Because <laughs> if he does, she'll die. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have this really exciting, really complex dynamic whereby yeah, it seems like Ward is doing and saying awful things. But if you actually consider the circumstances that he has to operate under for her best interest 
and out of love for her. You know, the, the beautiful thing about the scripts, again, to go back to, like, Scott Buck and the writing, because that's where it all starts, is, like, they've always honored that. No matter what they have Ward doing or saying or what is overwhelming him or the obstacles he faces, they've never not honored that he loves his sister and is trying his best for her. You know, which immediately humanizes someone. You know, maybe from the outside, if you don't understand that, you would think he's an awful person. You'd think he's ruthless or cold or sadistic or mean. Um, but when you understand why he's doing what he's doing, to me, it's I have so much compassion for it, and not just because I'm playing him. Um, and I think the writers did a good job of letting the audience be able to see that too. Um, and, you know, it, again, it's just it's one of the things that's exciting about this job because it's so much more fun to be able to play in a world that's not black and white you know there's a lot of moral ambiguity here with ward and with a few of the characters where we're asking the audience to say consider why they're doing this and then maybe what would you do is it still so wrong um that's exciting you know and what can it what's the relationship between your character and and danny yeah it's interesting i mean danny Danny and Ward, you know, kind of grew up together, and you know, I think that um, I think that Danny was always m- maybe a little bit more the the golden child than than Ward ever was. Although you know they hadn't seen each other in a long time, and and they were both quite young, I guess, the last time they saw each other. Um, so there might have been a little competition or jealousy when they were kids, B- but now in our story. To me, it was less about um, having particularly bad feelings about Danny because ultimately I think Ward is very intelligent um, and I think he's good about understanding other people. I mean, clearly, if you're going to keep a lie of that magnitude for 12 years, you have a certain dexterity and emotional intelligence, um, I think, uh, on a high level Mm -hmm. to be able to maneuver all that successfully for that long with that much emotion attached um so when somebody did like danny comes back i don't think ward would necessarily be threatened by danny on a like petty oh it's danny you know but but what happens because danny comes back through no fault of danny's is that you know everything goes bad everything starts to go wrong and what really starts to go wrong and what becomes apparent pretty early on is that with Danny's presence, Ward's secret, you know, the, the knowledge that Harold is alive is for the first time in 12 years in real jeopardy. And if that comes out, you know, I think to Ward's thinking, he loses his sister. You know, so Danny's presence, even though it's not Danny's fault, immediately threatens the most important thing in Ward's, in Ward's world, right? Um so again, another interesting dynamic whereby, you know, it, it seems like the classic, like this is the villain who hates, you know, who hates the hero, but but the writers have done a good job of giving Ward the right motivation for wanting to stop him or wanting to hate him or wanting him to go away. And it's a very human motivation, you know, and it, it'll be honestly interesting to see how it all comes across and how the audience feels about it, you know. Whether whether it whether it's enough to give pause or whether it's just like ah, Ward's Ward's an ass, you know. 
<laughs> you have sold me on this like crazy with this description. This sounds so awesome. Yeah, well, it is. It's it's really exciting, and that's that's the thing to keep in mind because it's also like, a- as the actor, it also gives you a great amount of freedom to understand that, you know, like this doesn't this doesn't happen every day, but you're literally playing circumstances that no one in the world has ever experienced. Like you have to consider the fact that he knows his father died and came back from the dead. None of us know what that is. That's crazy. Yeah. I get. I, I want to mention too, like when you. A lot of people don't know what this is either, but I mean, you you're part of the Marvel family now. It's growing, but it's still kind of, you know, small. Like you walk in here, you mentioned you like the Hulk, you like Wolverine. What's mm. it like? Like it seems like you were a fan before all this. Yeah. What's it like now being a part of it? <laughs> It's wild, man. I mean, God, yeah, I grew up, I still have, I still have my comic books. My mom didn't throw them out. Um, you know, I got, I got into X-Men when they, um, when they kind of did some, some kind of reboot because I have a X-Men number one that clearly is not <laughs> X-Men number one. Right. You know what I mean? Like sometime in the nineties, it must've been cause I, I was young. Um, but I have like the first 50 of them straight through you know I was obsessed with that with that comic when it came out um and I've always loved Incredible Hulk because I mean to me it's maybe the most compelling superhero story like the idea that this guy's greatest strength is his greatest weakness like it's it's such a great catch-22 of a character where you know it's like if you get him angry, he's indestructible, but he's also out of control. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what what an interesting way to try and explore, like, what it would mean to have superhuman abilities. Uh, and, like, what it means to be responsible for yourself and your emotions and all that stuff. It's a really cool character. Plus, I loved that TV show when I was a kid with Bill Bixby. Um but yeah, no, it's it's really exciting, and it's also, it's also you know, it, it, just in terms of like nowadays as an actor, you know, you know, two years ago or whatever, I was filming Banshee, and Daredevil came out on Netflix, the first season, and it was like, whoa, this is really good, you know, this is really good TV, and. So, yeah, so just even now as an adult and, you know, as an actor, you know, seeing the way that the business is growing and changing and, um, you know, wh- where where would where would you rather be than mommy and daddy or Marvel and Netflix? You know, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty exciting home. I mean, I got to since you mentioned Banshee, I got to say, like, that show was amazing. A B, it should have kept going forever. Yeah. C, it almost had kind of a superhero quality to it. Like, I interviewed that some of the cast at New York Comic Con, I think, last year. And it was like, man, you guys are like super, you like beat the crap out of each other. And then your next episode, you, you may have a little cuts, but you're like back to it. Right. Is it, can you compare Banshee or Iron Fist in any way? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great observation because that's the way I felt working on the show. I was like, this show is a comic book. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is a really dark graphic novel because also the characters were all so larger, so much larger than life. Like your main villain is an Amish gangster. (laughs) I always thought it was like, I compared it to if Roadhouse meant like Twin Peaks. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
times. Roadhouse Swayze. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but here you know, I, I play Kurt Bunker on the show, right? I'm an ex neo Nazi, still covered in swastikas. <laughs> Who gets hired That's to a be cop. A, a cop, a sheriff's deputy? So I'm literally walking around with a swastika on my face, neck, and hands, and a badge. <laughs> it's like, in what world? I remember having a, a discussion with one of the directors about. Like, uh, it was like in terms of blocking, like getting into a car to have a discussion or leaning in the window and blah, blah. And I was trying to tell him that like a police officer in uniform wouldn't just get into someone's car <laughs> if he was trying to be discreet. And as I'm talking, I'm gesticulating with my hands and I look down and I see the swastikas <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. I'm a cop covered in swastikas. Logic does not apply. <laughs> I will do whatever you want. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I forgot the world I lived in. And and it doesn't mean that there aren't rules for the world. And it doesn't mean that, that – that, because I felt like actually, oddly enough, at times, Banshee was really moving. You know, like when it, when it was really working well, it was surprisingly moving. Because for the most part, it was so funny and action-packed and, like, full of adrenaline and all that great stuff that, like – I loved as a kid and like watching like Stallone movies mm -hmm. and Seagal movies, like that kind of like righteous anger, that vengeance or whatever. Um, but but why I think Banshee works well is it, it did have its own internal logic, which was always honored. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I mean it was very much like a yeah, like Lucas Hood was like Wolverine without the claws. Like the dude could take a beating and constantly took a beating. But he could keep going, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was exciting to play in that world and like understand how you could how you could hit certain levels that a world like that will hold because we're telling you right off the bat that this is not the world that you live in, you know. And and mu much the same like Iron Fist, like we're saying about Ward, like you know his dad's back from the dead and he's lying to his sister and like all these crazy things and it's like. And there's this guy who can, you know, light up his fist and, and it can smash the, you know, so like we're immediately saying this is not exactly the world that you live in. And it gives, I think, some permission to really not be afraid of, you know, jumping off the cliff a bit. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I want to mention, too, this is going to be this will probably be out for fans listening probably the week or the week after the show airs. But we're way in advance setting it up. You're a week before Comic Con. Have you done a convention? No, before? never. I've never been at Comic Con. Are you? Uh, what are you excited for? I I'm what do you excited. It's gonna be. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I'm excited because I have no idea what it's gonna be other than really exciting. You know, like I imagine that there'll be a lot of people in costumes, mm -hmm. which is always exciting. Um, and it, it's also, you know, it's like one of the cool things about the job that. If you, you know, if you get to be around like a room full or a big room full or a bunch of people that are excited about what you're doing, um, you know, that's kind of intoxicating. Like, and, it, and it's also, I think it's kind of a good reminder of like what, what you're getting to do and how much it means to certain people. And not that you need that reminder because you always work hard and you always take it seriously, but you know, sometimes it's nice to just be able to have, like, a little bit of interaction with fans and stuff because, like, we're not doing it if they're not watching it. That's fair. You know what I mean? Um, so in that sense, I'm excited to I'm excited to be in, a, be in an atmosphere where they make me even more excited 
you know, about the show than, than I already am. And I know that'll happen. Plus, I'm sure there's, like, crazy people there running around. Like, I'm sure crazy things will happen. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> if they don't just usher you, you'll just be, like, at the signing, and they'll bring you backstage, and you won't get to see anything, and then you'll do your interviews, and you'll just go. Yeah. That could happen, too. Could happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, anything else you want to mention about the the series before we go that you can talk about? Um, I mean, one of the one of the things that I didn't get to, you know, really be a part of or see at all, but that I'm really excited for about our show is is the fights. Mm-hmm. You know, I Tom love kung fu movies, um, so the fact that you know I get to be on a show where there's going to be kung fu fights, I'm so excited. That's I have awesome. no idea what any of it looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. No idea. Like, I might have well been living in a different country. Um, but, yeah. This that, is the perfect thing for you, then. Dude. Kung Fu movies. This is what and I'm saying. And comic books. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, what are your favorites? Give me, like, a top five Kung Fu movie. Well, I'll tell you right off the bat that top three movies of <laughs> all time, like, no joke, Kung Fu Hustle is in the t- my top three favorite films of all time. Uh, and in the top ten is is also the Matrix. Um, I loved It Man, the first one. Um, I mean, I've watched them all, but the first one was really special. Um, I just started watching Kung Fu Killer, just because uh, I like Donnie Chen. But um, what did I watch the other night that was pretty good? I don't know, but I I love these I love these films. I loved Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero. Um, the other Jet Li movie that wasn't Hero. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. People can look it up. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just such a great, it's such a great genre to me. It's like always so exciting, and the way that those people can move is so beautiful. You know, it's like watching a dance or something. Um. So yeah, I'm excited for that part of our show, and I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'll be I'll be watching for that like a fan, because I've <laughs> no idea. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the family now. Yeah, and uh, I guess everybody watch with Tom the his kung fu stuff. Yeah, thanks everybody for uh, taking the time to listen. I hope you watch Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix. Uh, thanks to Tom. Thanks to Jessica. Thanks to Melissa. Uh, over on Netflix PR thanks to Sean and Marvel PR thanks to a ton of people and once again thanks to you for listening this is Marvel Your Universe